Hey guys, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we're learning gym management and growth from some of the best athletes, coaches, and business experts in the world. On this episode, we have two elite athletes, Pat Vellner and Brooke Wells, both of whom are multiple times CrossFit Games athletes, and I mean crazy, fit, hardworking people who also happen to be super down-to-earth. We got a chance to jam with them on the What on the Waves cruise earlier this year, and we talk about the progression of recreational athletes to competitive athletes, their journeys and both of their stories, as well as the beauty of short digestible workouts and the core goal of most members who are walking into gyms these days in 2019. How do you think the changes to the structure of CrossFit uh, will affect, let's say, programming for competitive athletes? Or actually, maybe, maybe, maybe let me switch that up. How do you think the changes to the structure of the CrossFit Games and getting there with sanctionals and all that um, has changed the way your local or regional competitor has to approach things because of the limitation of spots? Hmm. I think it's less a limitation of spots thing. I think it's more a limitation of resources like money like now yeah, this totally this, ex- this new yeah. system is expensive for mm-hmm. athletes um and in the old system the old system basically you know you go through the open and you'd be like my goal was to make it become a regionals athlete like make it to the regionals right. that was a lot of people's goals and now that doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. right so people feel cheated like well what's what about us we're, we're getting dropped to the wayside and that's not really accurate because now your goal is to just like be a sanctionals athlete like it it, it just changed it just got transposed like now that it's not this competition it's that competition um so and those are all run through online qualifiers things like that so it's effectively the same thing i'm just like oh my goal is to qualify for the elite division at waterpalooza like that's my goal but now athletes probably if you're really trying to gun and make it to the games you can't you you have to kind of pick your competitions, and people can't compete that many times. Mm-hmm. Like the average competitor who doesn't have, like, say someone like me, I have good sponsorship. Like, I could go compete a few times if I wanted. I get a few extra cracks at it, and that's like it's like buying extra lives. But if I'm just like you know someone who's coming up and doesn't have any any sponsorship yet, you might only have one chance because I can't I can't then fly to Cape Town and then fly to China and then I'm gonna go to Reykjavik right, right. and like hit up all these competitions. Yeah, it's right. really hard, and you might be. You might be um, confound or confined to uh, your more local competition. So somebody who's like, you know, you might only be able to go to like the Mid-Atlantic, whatever, because you live in the area. Um, but like going to overseas competitions is just more challenging. It's more expensive. It's more like it's just a lot harder. And a lot of people just can't afford to do that. So it's cool because, I mean, those communities have now big events that are coming their way. And there's more there's more big events being made. So I think it creates a different kind of an ecosystem for, for sponsors to pop up. Like new sponsors can take hold, uh, run events. Um, you know, there's a new marketplace for all that stuff. So there's a lot more room for growth in that sphere. But from the athlete side, it's like, it's challenging because yeah, yeah if you, if you have, if you, or if you already have the backing, great. Like you can try five times and everyone's, your sponsors, frankly, are going to love it because you create more visibility by competing more times. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah, if you only have one chance at it, like now that's the one thing that's almost unfair is that you, you sort of like, yeah, if you, if you can afford it, you can just buy extra lives. Yeah, I agree with the cost thing. Like there's only, what, four competitions in the United States. So um, there's only four spots um, for the games instead of like 20 spots that um, they used to get. So instead of like traveling to somewhere else, um, most people probably can't afford that. Yeah. So. I mean, like the Open is still going to send people through. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a different... 
it's it's complicated. I've never been a fan of online qualifiers. Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to like to hack an online qualifier. I think that there's something drastically different about competing live and yeah, and I having think that's to like perform a skill on that demand. It absolutely it's is. Like being 100%. able to deal with a crowd, like not having anxiety when you're like about to perform or you know just performing under seeing pressure people is next big. to you blow by and yeah. having the the yeah the the conviction and yeah. the patience to say it's a right, big composure thing like yeah and exactly and i think that the athletes who are great well and it, that's part of the test i guess is like i think that the, you you lose part of the test by not having that so the fact that the open is kind of weighted more than the sanctioned events is backwards to me yeah um, agreed. because the games is is going to be a live event so you're sort of like you're picking people for this competition based on like a, a selection criteria that's that's missing a key component. So you're like you're not weighting this massive part of the skill, and you're gonna send somebody there, and they're gonna get smashed because they like have never had to. to they've yeah. always you know done their workout in their gym with their equipment with their buddy mm -hmm. judging them and whatever, and like that's not what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that I I don't love that about it. I know it, again the open is a tool and it's it's a good tool because it's super accessible. But I just think that like it sh it shouldn't give you direct qualification to the games. And so, from some background, from my understanding too, is if there's only four opportunities in the U.S. and you had talked, you'd say you had sponsorship dollars, you can go to Cape Town. Can you actually do that though, or do you need like citizenship in those places to actually? Yeah, you can still go. Not for the sanctioned yeah. events. Okay. The sanctioned events are, are open to anybody. Uh, you qualify, you go. But the open, you have to compete under a passport. That's it. So the open so when it's you sanctional is your opportunity to, yeah. to travel a bit and if, yeah. if you had the, the means. Yeah, and again, cool opportunity because like maybe now the games actually isn't really like the most valuable thing. Athletes could kind of compete on on a some like a, some sort of a pro tour, like a pro circuit. Yeah, in some compete ways. Compete at four or five big sanctioned events, win some money, and maybe never qualify for the games, but still like be competing all over the world, right? And traveling yeah. and doing something cool, but. It's it's so the system's got like some cool things in it, and I get it. I understand like what's happened and like sort of why, but um, like anything, like there's just like there's little pieces that like I just personally don't love. Yeah. And it's like, like Brooke says, like I like the live competition because I'm good at it. Right. So like people like if somebody else is going to gain an advantage from the new system, I obviously don't want that. Yeah. And because right? I think in a lot of ways too, every other sport in the world kind of measures itself by the idea of a live performance and live yeah. competition. So to to take I think anything else at that pinnacle of the sport, you have to do it in, in that format. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, okay. Uh, what do you say to, I mean, you kind of just went through this. I was going to say that the yeah, aspiring athletes and all of that. Um, was there a moment that you guys had when you were starting to compete, getting more serious about it, and you had a moment where maybe you qualified for something where you realized, wow, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. I might be able to, to go full throttle and, and invest a lot of time and energy into just becoming you know, this person or this athlete competitive professionally, essentially? I mean, honestly, the first year that I qualified for the games, um, it was my first year going to regionals as an individual. And I just, like, went with the mindset that I wanted to, like, make it top ten and just, um, like, use the experience for future years. Like, I didn't even, like, imagine making the games. I wasn't even in the agenda. So um Ended up winning the region and qualifying for my first games when I was 19. So that's when I kind of was like, okay, I guess I'll take this one a little bit more seriously. Yeah. I feel like you kind of had the similar thing. Like, we weren't even really, like, yeah. trying to go to the games yet. Mine was a bit different. I mean, Sam, I, I know what you're saying, cause I, but I had, like, an extra stay, step. Like, I, I went in 2013. I basically just started, uh, and I did the Open that year and, like, was bad. Just, like, training with buddies. 
And then the next year, I, was, I, I didn't really know what the games were, was even at that point. And I know after that, you know, I did the Open with them the first time hearing about it. Um, and I had kind of disconnected after that because I was like, oh, that was over. Like, that was fine. Like, I have lots of stuff that I can get better at. Um, and then my friends were, like, following the regionals and the games after that. And then so I then kind of tuned into the fact that, oh, there's, like, there's a next step. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's a good goal. Like, maybe I'll try to make it to the next step next year. So trained. And then the next year I made the regionals, like, barely but did super well um, just because, again, I'm good in competition. My skills and my background really lend themselves, I think, well to that sort of thing. And also just by what the events were. Like there was a max handstand walk, and I like won several events just because I was really good at those specific things and then got like smashed in a couple other things. So did that and then met, met a coach there and, and uh, started training at an actual gym and they wanted to make a team to go to the games because they had I think three women who were all individual uh, at the regionals that year so I said like yeah I'll, I'll try to like do a team with you guys like if I can train at their gym and, and like work with that coach then like sure yeah I'll do the team so in 2015 we were on a team and then we did make the games um, and I got to like go yeah go do the games and just see what it was kind of all about Oh, I forgot you went to the games on a team. Yeah, in 2015. Mm. So did that. And we were like 20th. Like, we weren't exceptionally good. And at that point, what were you thinking? Like, this is just fun? Or were you already kind of past that point where this is something you're dedicated to? At that point, like, training for team was really good for me because it made me work. Basically, the things that I was bad at, uh, my weaknesses, were kind of like what you need in team. It was like high power output, like strength, speed, like that sort of stuff. So I spent a year working on, like, just that stuff uh and by the time that like the games came around the regionals came around in 15 like i think i probably could have qualified individually that year maybe but like barely and i like wouldn't have i could have gone to the games and been like average um but the way that i ended up doing it going through the team system and then having an extra year of development like then it meant that when i went individual again like i podiumed like i was like and it was like it looked way better than had i come in 2015 and been like average <laughs> and then go in 16 and like be better way better so I got to have like a really cool, um, you know, kind of rookie experience as an individual. But um, I don't know. The 2015 year was like it, being there and seeing like the whole games. It was good and it was motivating. Um, the team, I'm like not, I don't love team competition. Um, so I, I found a lot of parts of it very frustrating. So I like left kind of like very like fed up with team and being like, I cannot wait to go train individual mm-hmm. and just be responsible for my own performance and like, I think that that's something I always struggle with in the team stuff is, like, I, I don't like to to not have that control um, where you can, you know, you could execute perfectly and be flawless, but the the, the team could still fall apart. Um, so I, I just, like, when I went back to individual, I loved that, and I was, I was happy to be uh, responsible for my own training and my own performances, and then, yeah, got back to it and, and uh, did the games thing in 16, 17, 18, 19. Now 19. Now 19, that's right. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of changes in the cross the world with sanctionals and how that's all working, as we just discussed. Um, at fitness industry at large, what do you think has really been changing over the past few years? Have you noticed anything that's different from maybe when you started uh, competing and all of that, or um, is it generally the same? I just think there's like so many other options. Like there's so many like Orange Theory is new, and like just a lot of options of fitness related things that you can do. And I think it's really cool that people have the opportunity to find what they love i think that's a huge issue is people just hate working out so whether it's crossfit or any other type of fitness like just find what you love and enjoy it and it just makes you healthier yeah i think that's a very good point and i think it's like 
you don't have to do CrossFit, right? Yeah. Like right. it's not There's find so something options. that you, yeah, find something you can do. And I think that the fitness industry at large now has done a pretty good job. I think that now there are more people who are like excited about fitness than maybe if like 10 years ago. Um, and yeah, I think that there's, there's a lot of options. So like you don't need to be, be like fed up and like frustrated with, with your training. If you, if that's how you feel about working out, then like find something else mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, like, sa- and sample, like do flavors. some other stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, whatever. Like there's like dance classes and things like that. Like it should be fun. Like mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, but there's, and I mean, there's take the dance some, classes. <laughs> I have a four. Then have you done like Zumba? This is like what yeah, I was just, I'm looking at Eli because yeah, uh, so 100%. we work out. Our office is located right next to Reebok HQ in yep. uh, in Seaport in Boston. And so every so Thursday we go down and do body jam. They offer a bunch of different yeah. classes. Yeah. They have boxing. They have yeah. body jam, which is yeah. like lights, cameras, yeah. Zumba. And if you're confident enough to go in there and just like you're just and shaking just, like, your butt care. inside of yeah. mirrors, nothing but mirrors. And the, the girl or the guy who's teaching the class is like a salsa champion. Yeah. You know, you just got to accept, like, not there yet. However, I can do these movements and all of that. Yeah, whatever. Like that, that's, you still around. work out. Uh, yeah, you still work up a good sweat. So for sure. If yeah. I could see people being like, hell yeah, I live for body. But now, and there's so many classes like that. Like, that's what's yeah. great. It's like, I think fat, like fast, digestible things like that are great because people are busy, right? And everybody, like, we work a lot. Like, people work. So, you know, if you can find something that you don't have to think about, you can just like, okay, I'm just going to show up. There's going to be a coach there. It's going to be one hour. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm just like, you turn your brain off, but you just go, if you can just get there, it's done. And then like all the work's done for you. Like you just go through your motions, do whatever they told you to do. And then you leave. And I think a lot of people who, you know, are working professionals or yeah, working nine to fives. It's really hard sometimes, you know, get up before work or after you've had a full day of work to be like, hoof, like muster up the steam to get into the gym and then like figure out what you're going to do. So anything like that is great. Like, uh, if you can just like, you can just get there and people will tell you what to do. And like, so those sort of things are awesome. Move for an hour, you'll feel great. Yeah, heck yeah. I think the return on investment, yeah, for even for 20, 30 minutes is like 10 times that, you know, in terms of just, you know, cognitive function, uh, anxiety, all of that. For sure. Um, do you guys, so actually talking a little bit about that, do you guys, when you have, life gets hectic, training gets burdensome, uh, things go sideways, or you get super frustrated, or maybe you're in a, just a mental funk, physical funk, whatever that is. How do you break out of that? Is it something where you press the gas and, and you motivate yourself to kind of push through it? Or do you take the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to disconnect or I'm going to take space? Um, like something that I do a lot is just like reading. Um, find a good like motivational book or like I've been reading mental toughness books, stuff like that. Um, I just read books, journal, I'll even like write down notes of like mental toughness stuff um i actually do that a lot in the mornings it just kind of gets me like um a good mindset for the day it's just like journaling a little bit um yeah i don't know that's a challenging question actually because i think it's it's really hard and and people spiral right like that's what the the what you need to do is find a way to break that tailspin right if people can get very overwhelmed and a lot of people who have stress or anxiety issues as soon as that you that takes hold of you it's it like zaps your motivation right and then you don't want to do anything and then it's not going to get better like it's mm-hmm. going to get worse um so yeah i don't know i always just try like yeah try to keep your feet moving like keep yeah. your hands busy keep doing something um and like i like i that's what i use training as it's a tool to like clear my head a little bit and that's why like it's a bit of a, a, a delicate balance because in competition season training starts to become stressful and like that's like not good for me because i have when I'm at school and I have exams or things like that, like that's also stressful. And then I'm like getting it from both angles. Right. 
So it's nice. I've always been able to, you know, manage my schoolwork, like be busy there. And then when I get like, you know, I get tired of studying or tired of whatever, then I like I can go to the gym and just like flush it out and like move and do that. So I actually use my exercising as a tool of like how to break out of that, uh, those funks like that. So I think that's great. Like you said, like mental health benefits for even just short exercise is great. Like go for a jog, like go do something like that. Yeah. But I, I always I, remember that. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I'm, I'm always like a busy hands, happy hands guy. Like I just like, I need something yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. And I just like try to stay busy with something. Yeah. I just remember like the worst part is getting started. Like yeah. once you get started, it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, nev- you never regret it after, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Once you, and you had mentioned just showing up mm-hmm. and, and I think you had mentioned just jotting down thoughts and notes. And I think generally speaking that that's a really good methodology is to kind of get remind myself a lot like when it's really cold outside it's so hard to get warmed up yeah so it's just like once you get started and get warm and moving like it's not hard yeah i think that's right that like five minute point where you're like yeah. should i just stay in bed yeah. or like should i this is warm in here yeah once you turn that on it, it's the end the momentum has started um let me think here um Oh, they're doing a belly flop competition right now. Shut up. Oh, shit is right. Oh, what's up? James really wanted to do that. Yeah, we're like, you have to have a belly to do a belly flop contest, James. That would be hilarious. Um, Do you have other questions? I have, like, a few handful here, but... No, nothing, I'm actually good. Nothing major. Nah. All right, well, let's let's switch it then and just go into what are you guys doing for 2019? What are some of your, your personal goals? We'll start with you, Brooke. I mean, of course, I want to qualify back for the games and... um. Like, I don't like to put a placing on it. I just want to do better than I did last year. Um, just work on weaknesses and improve on those. Sweet. Yeah, I'm uh, obviously in a good position right now because I've already qualified for the games. Yeah, that's right. That's but nice. Yeah, super nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Feel light as a feather. But, uh, yeah, it's a, I think that for me, there's a, there's big life changes on the horizon because I'm going to graduate in May. I'm going to move again. Um, so I think that that's going to be something that's big. Uh, the timing is going to be interesting because that time of year is going to be like also time to start training for the games and like really ramping up. So it's going to be interesting for me, but I think my priority is going to be to find a way to balance that well and, and manage, uh, you know, moving back with my girlfriend and, and moving and having like a major life disruption like that. So, and being able to stay on track with my training. So for me, yeah, like I obviously want to go to the the games again and, and do well and like I want to win <laughs> I want to yeah. try to win this yeah. year but it's that's like like Brooke says like my priorities like that like outcomes are sort of it's hard to measure yourself yeah. on outcomes it's dangerous anyways um, so yeah I'm trying to think if I can you know graduate school in 2019 move and still go to the games and perform well like that's a good year right? if, just real quick if you couldn't if you didn't want to measure yourself on outcomes what would you measure yourself on um, uh, yeah. I think it's just like um, little individual wins, like things like I'm not good at pegboard, so if I can like perform well on the pegboard this year, then that's a individual that's win for myself. Yeah, relative to wh- where you were, yeah. it's, it's hard because like some of it can be subjective too, right? Like you can't like maybe like oh I get super stressed around yeah. like this for time, and like this year I felt like when I was competing I was way less stressed. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a big win. Like yeah. you can just how am I managing my emotions? How am I managing like said balancing different things so it's it's hard it's it is actually very hard to do because we are measured based on our outcomes like you literally are like somebody's first somebody's yeah. second somebody's third like and so it is challenging because you can't 
lose sight of that. Like, you need to be aware that that's it's how we're being measured. Like, and you are going to go, and, like, if you want to go and try to win, which is fine. Like, be a competitor, and, and it's okay to say, like, you want to win. But I, the danger is not getting frustrated or, you know, demoralized if you go and, like, you don't get the outcome that you wanted. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, like, maybe I go, whatever. Like, like Wadapalooza, I went and I, like, I took seventh in the swim event. Which is like a huge win for me, and people are like, "Oh, it's like, ah, oh, like you took you took a seventh though." It's like, "Yeah, dude, a seventh is massive. Like, that's <laughs> huge." So it's like not getting frustrated yeah. by, okay, well, like if I if I was trying to like hold myself to the standard of like win everything all the time, then you're then you will always be frustrated because you just can't win everything all the time. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, like that was an awesome performance. Like I I swam better in competition than I have ever. So like be happy about that. Right. And like take that home and like. Yeah, I can improve on that still for sure, but like that's okay. Like that's a step in the right direction. And it's like, almost like looking at it as as uh, the events themselves, as you know, yeah. judging them as a performance of you know the culmination or the combination of all of those performances equals the outcome. The outcome is nice, but it it is not necessarily the be all end all measure yeah. of how you did on each of those. It's like any you go go to like a group class and like oh, maybe I like PR'd my back squat, but like was it the heaviest back squat in the class? Like no, not by a long shot, but whatever. Yeah, like that doesn't really matter that much. Right? How is like it relative you, you to can, my other back take, spots? Yeah, you can still obviously track your progress and stuff like that. So it's uh yeah, but I think some of it is like doesn't need to be as objective. I guess what's the point? It's like you can be subjective and be like, yeah, I felt better. I like I would like said managed emotions better. Did this and, and you can do it a lot of different ways. Listen, guys, thanks again for taking the time. That's all we have yeah. for today. Really appreciate awesome. it. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. Congratulations. Thank you. So we hope you found this episode valuable, guys. If you did, we would love it if you could review us wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars. Let us know what you liked. Of course, subscribe and share it with your friends. And don't forget to reach out to us if you'd like to be featured yourself or if you want to nominate a guest to be on the show next. You can do this by emailing us over at community at tribe.com. And that's tribe, T-R-I-I-B.com. Thanks and talk to you soon.